0: welcome to the city hills church sermon podcast we hope that the message today helped you encounter god love people and discover purpose for more information about who we are as a church head over to cityhillschurchsd.com if you would like to partner with us financially click the give button at the top of the homepage on our website and now let's jump right into the message
1: Welcome to part two of our summer series that we are in called Something's Got to Give. And the whole idea behind this series is that this summer, we're going to look to give up some things that have been holding us back. Because we've all had those moments where we think, man, something's got to give. Something's got to change. Something has to be different. And so we want to challenge you over June and July, these several weeks, to truly give up some things in your life that are holding you back from God's best. Last week we talked about that exactly. We said, I give up settling for less. And the big idea today, the big thing that I want you to kind of lean into is this idea. I give up shallow faith. I give up shallow Last year there was this trend that came out, and it was really weird and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But it was this idea that there would be this normal object. And then the text on the screen would say, is this cake or is this fake? And I was like, what are you talking about? All of a sudden this like, massive knife would start cutting through a shoe or a shampoo bottle or a bag of Doritos. And then all of a sudden on the inside, it was a cake and not like a shoe. And it was just super weird and super crazy. Look, actually, I got a video for you. Just check it out real quick and it'll make a whole lot more sense. Isn't that the craziest thing that you've ever seen? It freaked me out. It was like people were doing like hands and all kinds of weird stuff. I'm like, we are getting a little out of control here. And I don't know if those cakes taste good at all but that it takes some talent to decorate it in that way and to make it look so real but it's something that just stuck in my mind over this past season because we're constantly on this journey to figure out what's real and what's fake this this m- moment in our life where we we go man is this is this actually what it's supposed to be is this the truth, we're, we're on this constant journey to find what's really, really true in the world, what's true in our culture, what's true in our home, what's true about ourselves. We're constantly testing ourselves to see like, is this relationship that I have the real thing? Or is it gonna crumble when life gets hard? Like the friends that I have in my life, are, are we like really friends? Like we, we say like, oh, that's my BFF. But like, are we really friends? When my life gets hard, will will they show up for me? Will they be there for me when I need them? Is my boss real or fake when it comes to to he or she saying that, oh, we we love having you here and you're doing a great job and you're doing amazing things. But like, are they saying that just because they want me to stay here and they don't want me to leave? Is that real? Is this validation that I'm looking for a real thing? Let's just be honest. For many of us, we're asking ourselves the same question about our relationship with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, are, are we like a real thing or are we just like pretending? Is my relationship with you the real thing? And the challenge that I want to talk about today is, is this. If we were to cut into your faith, like that knife going into the cake, if we were to cut into your faith, Would it have substance or would it be fake? Would it have substance? Would it be the real thing? Or would it be shallow and lacking the power that comes with true faith? I give up shallow faith. So what is faith? What does that mean? The author of Hebrews in chapter 11 verse 1 gives us this famous definition that is just a great anchor point for us. He says this, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Faith brings our hopes into reality, becomes a foundation needed to acquire the things we long for, and it's the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Look at this truth. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. And it's the belief in the things that we cannot see. It's this, this hope in, in the future, this hope that things are going to work out, this hope that, man, even though it looks dark and gloomy and overcast and stormy in my life right now, there will be sun at some point. Because... While I can't see it right now, God is working. God is is in the background. God is in this storm with me. My faith is that the things that I'm hoping for and believing for will come to pass because even though I don't see it, God is at work. Faith is, is a big deal. So So how do we know if our faith is real? How do we know that? in those moments when life takes a drastic turn, that we're not going to be shaken to our core to the point that we we give up on God, we give up on life, we give up on our marriage, we give up on, on our kids, we give up on our jobs. How do we know that what we have is real? That it, it can last? How do we make it through those days when we feel like God, I want to believe that you're working in the background, but I just don't see it, and I need a little more faith. How do we know if our faith is real? One of the great tests and one of the great ways is is actually found in James chapter 2. James writes this, starting in verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Like James, why, why are you calling me out like this? Because he's totally right. Like, Have you ever had that friend that was just pouring out their heart to you of what's going on in their life and you're like, Oh man. I feel I will be praying for you. I'll be praying for you, and it's like, well, is there something practical that you can actually do to help? Is there something that you can actually do something about? And let's just be honest. I'll admit it. I'll raise my hand. Have you ever had that moment where you said, "Oh, I'll pray for you," and then you forget because their problem isn't your problem, and your problem seems bigger, and and you get distracted by it, and you totally forget, and then you see something on Facebook, and you're like oh shoot, I didn't even pray for them. Hey God, right? Like we've all been there. James goes, what good is it to say, be well, be full, be warm and do nothing to help them. So you see, verse 17, so you see faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith and others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. James is very repetitive here, but he's making it abundantly clear that action is the true test of faith. You want to know if your faith is real? What are you doing about it? What are you putting into action? He he mentioned it previously, and we've talked about this before, to be doers of the word, not just hearers, to put it into action. And what it does is it challenges us to ask ourselves this question. When was the last time that I have done something with my faith? When is the last time that I have responded to a challenge that God has given me? When is the last time I have heard from God? I have felt something in a moment. I have I've felt a prompting in my spirit. I felt like God is wanting me to do something and I actually did it. When's the last time that God actually changed something in your everyday life? You listened and obeyed. It challenges us to, to ask ourselves, like, when is the last time we've actually put our faith into Action. Look at this truth. Faith requires a sacrifice of agenda, of comfort, of control, of pride, and fear. Faith requires us to sacrifice those things, to to not let them have a stronghold in our lives. Look at this, when it comes to our agendas. Faith requires us to, to sacrifice our agendas, our motives. Our, our just like intentions in a moment to sacrifice that and go, hey, what is God actually wanting me to do? What is God calling me to do in this moment? God, reveal to me the desires of my heart. Reveal to me the motives that are driving my actions. God, reveal those things to me. It requires us to sacrifice our comfort. And again, we've talked about this several times. Jesus never called us to this like safe cozy, like, or as the girls would say, this like tozy life. No. We, we believe in this facade of ease. That's not what Jesus has called us to. He's called us to step out of our comfort zone. It requires us to sacrifice control. We talked about this last week a lot. It requires us to surrender, to increase our dependence on him. But it also requires us to sacrifice our pride. To make this shift from being me first to Jesus first. That we ask ourselves, what is of value to Jesus? Not just what is of value to me, right? It's a, it's a shift in our lives, a shift in our mindset, and in the way that we live. Our faith turns into action when we live out the way Jesus would ask us to rather than what we feel like in the moment and finally it it requires us to sacrifice our fear do you understand that your fear is this unwillingness to believe that god can and will show up well we don't don't like to think about it that way but that's what our fears are our fears of the future our fears of failure our fears of, of people thinking badly of us all of those fears that are driving our lives, they're robbing us of the power of our faith. Because our faith, that's our hope that we're looking forward to, the hope that we believe, that foundation of what we believe, our our belief in those things that we can't see, it's all shaken when fear gets to rule the day. Where instead of believing that God is at work when we can't see him, we're believing the lie that maybe God won't show up. When I need him. Faith requires us to sacrifice these things. Speaking of sacrifice, a couple of weeks ago, I took the girls out on a pizza date. And we had a great time and, and it was awesome. And Audrey is not a great eater. And so she finally like was eating her pizza and super happy. And it was, it was a great moment. And as we were leaving, uh, we saw a, a homeless guy on the corner. And Brooklyn, our oldest, has this deep heart for the homeless like she just it moves her for for the last couple of years she's asked questions like how does this happen what like how can we help she's constantly thinking about how she can take care of those people that she sees out on the street and it's really really sweet and so as we're driving by i was thinking well oh, we've got all this pizza left over you know the girls will eat it maybe but it's a great opportunity, right? It's, it's a great dad moment. And so I said, Brookie, do you want to, uh, you want to give this homeless guy that we're pulling up here on the corner, you want to give him our pizza? And she was just so excited. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, we should definitely do that. And Audrey is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pull out my pizza. I yipe my pizza. Pull it out and, and, and then we can give him sissies and yours. And I was like, "No, I don't have another box. Were you just gonna hold cheese pizza in your hand all the way home? Like, no. the The man needs the food. It's fine. And so we give it to him, and and Brookie is just stoked. The guy was obviously super hungry. He just starts like hammering the pizza, and Brookie's like doing this like giggling. She's like, "Whoa." like she's like almost in tears with how happy she is to be able to provide this for the man. Audrey's on the other side of the car just straight mean mugging the guy just furious and Brookie's like "We're, we're driving home Audrey's pouting she's mad she's got this furrowed brow and she's just angry at everybody I can't believe you gave him a pizza and Brookie's like Audrey We get pizza all the time. We have a house. We have all these snacks. We have all of these things in our life. Look how good our life is. He doesn't even have a house. He doesn't have a bed. He doesn't have anything." And I was just like, I don't care. It was my pizza and I liked my pizza. I wanted my pizza. It's just like, I I could not have two polar opposite kids in this vehicle right now. But isn't that a perfect picture? Of our faith and our relationship with God? Isn't that a perfect picture? Like, oh okay, Danny, sure, God's plans might be absolutely better than mine. Sure, his ways are higher than my way. And and sure God can like see everything that's gonna happen in the future. And and okay, fine, fine, I'll give it to you. Sure, Danny. He orchestrated the perfect conversation with the right person at the perfect time and just opened this strategically amazing door for me in my life. But I like my life and I like the way it is and I don't wanna give it away. Isn't that what we do sometimes? Isn't that what we do with God? God, I know all these things, I know. The man doesn't have any food. And I know all of that thing. But just like Audrey, we were like, no, it's mine. It's my life. I don't want to give up my life. I don't want to make that sacrifice. But look at this truth. If it doesn't cost you something, you won't value it. If it doesn't cost you something, you won't value it. Isn't that true? Like, we we all experience that through, like, our teenage years where we think money just grows on trees and we don't, it's like, you know, my parents pay for this, my parents pay for that, and it's, it's all good. So, like, we don't care about how well we take care of things or anything, but everything changes when what we buy, what we earn, what we wear, what we drive, when that starts coming out of our own pocket, then we learn what value is. And the same thing happens with our faith. If our faith doesn't cost us something, then we won't value it for the worth that it truly has to our future, to our hopes, and to our relationship with God. If it doesn't cost us something, we won't be able to tap into the true power that comes there because we won't value it the way we should. So what is your faith costing you? What is your faith costing you in this season? And if it's nothing, perhaps James would challenge you in in that world and say, well, it should, it has to. It requires sacrifice, it requires action, it requires it to cost you something. Well, but Danny, I go to church and you know, I, I, I believe in God and listen, I even sometimes I, I even give to the church. Like, what do you mean it costs me something? I'm I'm giving my time. I'm showing up. I'm I'm doing all of these things. I believe in God. I, I tell people that I'm a Christian. I, I'm sorry to share this with you, but I'm kind of not James. And continuing, verse nineteen, you can believe all you want that there's one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this, and they tremble with fear before him, yet they're unchanged. They remain demons. O feeble sons of Adam, do you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? That's a challenging scripture. Even the demons, the, the darkest beings in the world, those who are, are out to kill, steal, and destroy your life, they believe that there's one true God because they know it. They, they do go to war with him. They know it, yet they're unchanged. Is it possible For us to believe in God, to stand in the room surrounded by people who believe in God, to hear messages about God, to feel his presence in the room and and to know that he's real, to know that he's powerful, to know that he's loving, to know that he's gracious. Is it possible to believe all of those things yet remain unchanged? Guys, if our faith doesn't change something within us if our lives don't cost something in order for us to lean into this faith we're missing out if god's word in your life if god's love if his grace his mercy if it isn't changing your life you're missing it you're missing it your faith i'm sorry to tell you but your faith is shallow It should cost us something. It should be something of value to us. This isn't about attendance. This isn't about giving. This isn't about all of those things. It's about whether or not God is actually changing something in your life. Does your faith cost you something? Or do you believe in God yet remain unchanged? Look at this challenge on the screen. When was the last time you allowed God access to change something in your heart? When's the last time you allowed God to come in and work on your anger? When's the last time you allowed God access into that place in your life where you're still holding on to unforgiveness? When's the last time you've allowed God to Change your apathy towards your family, your apathy towards your job, your apathy towards life in general. When's the last time you allowed him to speak into and change that insecurity, that fear? When's the last time that you allowed God to change something in your life? Continuing on, James 2 verse 21. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God with his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? What? Verse 22, you see his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we're shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Now, just wait wait a minute. And maybe you grew up in Sunday school and you somewhat remember this story, but I think now being a parent, understanding this context with some context, it's like, well, wait, what? Father Abraham, who had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, was asked to sacrifice his son, the one son that he'd waited over a decade to have, the one son that he cried over and prayed over and believed over for, for well over a decade, the, the son that was a miracle because he was born to like ancient old people, like this son that was representing so much. You, you see, Isaac didn't just represent Abraham and Sarah's present joy, he represented their, their future hopes, their future promise. Isaac was a huge deal. Like, th- this is the son that they had been desperate for. How could God ask them to do this? How could God, having seen them year after year, month after month, deal with the pain of this unfulfilled promise, How could God ask them after over 120 months of waiting for this physical sign that Sarah was finally pregnant and it wasn't there, that the baby wasn't coming, that she wasn't pregnant, to to visually go through that emotion. God knowing that, how could he ask them to do that? The waiting, the longing, the begging. And then he finally comes and God says, Oh, Okay, this is, this is awesome. I want you to bring him up to the top of this mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him on an altar. God, what? How? Could you ask this? But Abraham, being the father of faith that he is, he says, okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Because one way or another, God will fix this. God will work this out. I have faith that God will do this. We know that because we see in Genesis 22, 5, Abraham tells his servants, he says, we will go up and worship and we will come back down. We will go and we will leave. In other words, if both of us don't come, neither one of us is coming. God, I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're thinking, but we are going up on top of this mountain. And if I have to do what I have to do, Hebrews eleven nineteen hints that Abraham thought, okay, well, even if we have to go through with this, then God will just resurrect him from the dead. Like he had just ridiculous amounts of faith because but Abraham was like, we're going and we will be back. Trust that God and trust that everyone Make it abundantly clear. This is what's going to happen. Before we move forward in that, what is God asking you to do right now that makes you hesitate, that makes you doubt, that makes you struggle internally? What is God asking you to do right now that you're like, God, I, I, I can't believe you want me to do that. I can't believe you want me to call that person. I can't believe you want me to, to live that way. God, I can't believe you want me to give up that. God, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. But understand you have to see this was more than just a test for Abraham it was actually a prophetic picture of another son who would come and willingly follow his father's directions to a place of sacrifice another son who who trusted that God the Father had the best In mind, another son who willingly laid down his life. Except this time, instead of God stopping Abraham and saying, No, 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 you've proven your faith, instead, our Heavenly Father did not spare his own son and allowed him to die so that we could have the faith, the hope, and the future that he had created for us from the beginning of time. It's this picture of God going, If you're willing to sacrifice, I have an eternal and a powerful blessing that's on the other side of this. And God, loving us so much, did not spare his son, but gave him. It was a picture for us to understand that God intended to provide exactly what we need if we were willing to have faith and trust and believe that he has the best in mind. In the story, God stops Abraham. He, he's, he's preparing to, to kill his own son. It's just so crazy. And God says, stop, 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 stop. You've proven your faith. And I've provided the sacrifice that you need. It was a ram caught in a thicket. And they were able to, to sacrifice the ram and, and worship God in that way. And it was just this powerful moment of God providing what they needed. But understand God didn't stop himself from the pain of losing Jesus. He allowed him to die in order for us to have the faith that we're talking about today. He gave it all so that you and I could step into what he has created for us. But are we willing to trust that one step of obedience and faith can lead to a lifetime of God's blessing? Are you willing to go, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. This is hard to wrap my head around, but I have got to sacrifice. I've got to surrender. I've got to be willing to put my faith into action so that I can see your blessings on the other side. Are we willing to do that today? To lean into that faith, to put it into action and take the steps required to see it through verse 25 james gives us another example that we don't have time to go through today about rahab but it's this amazing story but as we look at verse 26 as we wrap up today i want you to hear this verse 26 just as the body is dead without breath so also faith is dead without good works look at this truth Without sacrifice, our faith is choked out by our inability to trust God and obey. Without sacrifice, our faith is choked out. It can't have the breath. It can't have the that feeling. We see all the time now people talking about deep breath therapy, just taking these deep breaths. But when you do that, do it right now, just there's a feeling, there's this feeling in your body, there's this, this depth that comes, it, it, it expands your chest, it expands your body, it fills your, your blood with the oxygen that it needs. And what James is saying is, your faith is missing all of those things, it's choked out, it's pressed down, it's struggling when we are unwilling to just obey and trust and sometimes even sacrifice. If we're unwilling to do that, our faith will be shallow. Again, that, that illustration of breathing, that shallow breathing, when you're going a run and you're just trying to get a little bit of breath, That's that's what we're doing when we don't allow God full access, when we don't surrender, when we don't lean into it. We're doing these... The shallow breath, just trying to get a little bit of God, a little bit of faith, a little bit of hope, a little bit of trust in the unseen. But God says if you put your faith into action, there's this, this deep breath that brings life to your body, that brings life to your blood, that brings life to your story. Are you willing to take those steps of faith to see whether or not it's shallow or whether it's real, to see whether it's fake or whether it's real? Or are you going to settle for, okay, God, well, I believe you're good. I believe you're God. I believe the one true God, but remain unchanged. It's one thing to believe. It's another thing to live it out what is god asking you to surrender to him today is it your lifestyle is it your habits for some of you maybe god is asking you to give him your life you haven't made that decision you've been halfway in halfway out and you need to surrender to god and go god i'm all in i'm all in i put my hope my faith my trust my life My struggles, I put it all in your hands, God. And I believe that you would do exceedingly more than I could ever ask or imagine when I put my faith and my hope and my trust in you. Come on, right where you are, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just give us the ability to take that breath, that deep breath, God, where you just... You fill our lungs, you fill our lives, you fill our souls with faith. That You would let faith rise up within us. That we would just feel you and know that you are near, that you are real, God, that we wouldn't just believe something about you, but remain unchanged, that we wouldn't just say that we have faith, but we wouldn't live it out, that we wouldn't say we believe in all these things, but we will not surrender or sacrifice. God, give us the courage to live out our faith in practical and living, vibrant ways. God, fill our lives with faith again. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for that sacrifice. I pray right now for those people who, they're just on the edge, they're ready to take this leap of faith and put their lives and their hope in your hands. Jesus, give them the strength to pray that simple prayer that says, God, I give it all to you. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are, that you died for my sins, that you rose again on the third day, and that you you have an incredible life and a future, not just here on earth, but in all of eternity, you have planned it for me. So Jesus, we surrender it all to you, and we pray all of this in your strong name, amen.
0: We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.